The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's eight minutes after eight here on AM Live. Thanks so much for tuning in. And just before we get to the forum, I just need to uh, respond to uh, Tamsan Mayekiso, who wants to know the number for those uh, metric results, the SMS number. It is 35658. For everyone else, uh, we'll put it on our Facebook and Twitter pages as well, so you can access that number for uh, the metric results, which will, of course, be released later today. Well, back to the forum. Now And on the forum at 8 this morning, we will focus uh, on, we'll look at the different types of trends that have shaped the year 2014. And we will also forecast trends uh, for 2015. So we'll take a look at the year ahead. Now, with the help of our renowned panel uh, this morning, uh, we will look at analysis you know we'll do some forecasts and of course you are welcome to join in the conversation we'll be talking technology business fashion media you know social media all sorts of trends so you're most welcome to join in the conversation 0891 is the number to dial you can sms us on 34701 alternatively tweet or facebook at am live on safm or at sakina Kamwendo. and uh, good morning to our guest that is and a happy 2015 to all of you uh cyan stain here in studio with me general portfolio manager of decorex south africa thanks for coming through cyan thanks for having me good morning to you Ben Wagner is in Cape Town and he is the head of Native VML. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Ben. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And uh, we also have with us Mr. Arthur Goldstack, who is the founder of Worldwide Works and editor-in-chief of Gadget.co.za. Thanks for speaking to us again, uh, Arthur. Thanks. Good morning, Sakina. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, let me start with you, Ben. You know, just looking at uh, 2014 and definitive trends, what would you say were the highlights of 2014? Um, I think one of the, the interesting things that I've noticed is the, the maturity of, of social media, um, you know, not just at a global level, but also in South Africa. Um, there's definitely a plateauing as, as people, you know, have aggregated to specific platforms now. Um, they have become... Um, quite mature. We've also seen mobile, you know, accelerate at a, at a huge level, and Arthur will probably be the one to give the statistics on that. Um, but I think mobile has become first and foremost um, in a lot of marketers' eyes. They're designing environments um, and platforms for mobile first or mobile only to a certain extent, um, and I think that'll continue to grow as well. So I think those are the two main things that I've seen. Um, as well as, you know, the importance of, of content marketing or native advertising, as people call it. Mm. And uh, for you, Cyan? I think from my side, I definitely think online shopping's taken South Africa by storm. Um, we need to look at the economy and, and how that's affecting retailers. And smaller retailers can't afford to have huge rent in shopping malls. And I think consumers are also too busy to really wonder on a Saturday morning to go shopping. And online shopping has really given us such convenience from fashion to decor to gadgets to technology, and I think it really has taken South Africa by storm. 
When you say it's taken South Africa by storm, you know, um, how big is it? You know, if you could just put that into context for us. I think we a few years ago, we started with one or two online stores that was mainly digital and a few technology. Now we really have taken everything, even pick and pay, for example, is now doing online shopping. So you can get your groceries online. Other stores that started off as uh, fashion stores have now got decor, design, home interiors added to the elements that they offer. So it really is growing in South Africa. Mm. And Arthur, from your side? The interior, big thing, the one has been indicated is this massive move to mobile, but particularly to smartphones in the mass market. If you look at the statistics from 2013, for example, a very small proportion about 1% of, let's call it the broader mass market or the low-end market, people would buy phones for under about 600 rand. About 1% of them were buying smartphones. Fast forward to the end of 2014, that's about a third of these shoppers. So that's almost a radical shift, and that shift will also make its impact in the, in the years to come. The fact that so many people now have smartphones on which they can access the internet, if they can afford the data, of course, because that's mm. still a big bottleneck. That's going to transform the way people function in society. So I think that was highly significant. And then from the online retail uh, point of view, what we saw in the past year was a massive consolidation of online retail stores, particularly in the fashion environment, where we saw Nutspace, for example, closing down a lot of their smaller, you can call them boutique, online retail uh, operations. And then we saw Take A Lot and Kalahari emerge under the Take A Lot brand. Although it hasn't gone through um, fully yet, it still, they still function separately. This year you'll see that merger take effect fully. And uh, that will mean a lot fewer, let's call them high standard online retail stores. And then just talking about uh, smartphones, Arthur, is it, you know, more of a uh, status symbol or are people actually making effective use of these gadgets? I think the time of smartphones being status symbols is past. They've really become a necessity. And even if you look at what people think is a necessity rather than what's really needed, and there I'm talking about social media on the smartphone, so, for example, the need to have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of the social apps available to you, accessible to you, that's become the big driver. And I'd say especially WhatsApp and WeChat and Facebook is driving huge uptake of smartphones. So it's the use of it rather than the appearance of it. Mm. And then, and of course, I want to take a few steps back as we, you know, look into 2015 and what could possibly emerge from it. Now, when we talk about trends, firstly, who sets trends and of what use are they to us generally, uh, Ben? Well, I think the important thing is that trends are not immediate. They emerge over time. Um, I always like to think of them as, you know, spending a nice day at the beach. You hear about this thing called high tide, and the next thing, you know, you've got a soaked towel and a, and a ruined brand new smartphone. So they don't arrive immediately. They evolve over time. And I think the important thing is that marketers need to pay, you know, um, incredible attention to them because otherwise, you know, they're going to have a soaked towel, so to speak. So it's important for marketers to understand them and see how do they influence the consumer base that they're targeting um, and how do they gear themselves for these in the future. So through an operational point of view, a marketing perspective, 
IT even. So they are important, um, you know, but they, they're things that don't happen immediately. And then also, um, you know, when you, when you look at trends, what is the life cycle of a trend generally, Ben? <laughs> With technology, I think the life cycle is, is, is fairly quick and fluid. Um, and in other cases, um, it's, it's a little bit longer. You know, for instance, you know, with the, the whole Sony hacking issue, um, I can bet your bottom dollar that IT teams around the world for big corporates are seriously ramping up their security budgets because the Sony hacking example um, is definitely a trend that, that I've, I didn't pay that much attention to, but certainly having seen the North Korea-American saga play out um, is something that we're, we're entering a whole new phase of cyber warfare, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, Cyan, just looking at 2015, uh, looking at your industry, um, you know, what do you think are the trends that will make, you know, major impacts and have major effects on your industry for 2015? Well, because Decorex is a decor design and lifestyle exhibition, we really look at two very important things. And the one being marketing. We are a marketing platform for exhibitors to exhibit, as well as decor trends. And we really need to look at our global influences as well as local influences. So you'll see decorators and designers going overseas, having a look at what is available overseas, but then really looking at our roots and our culture, heritage, and what is going on in South Africa with the economy, with our social um, impact, with everything that's going on around us. That's what's happening with our interior decorators and designers. With decor, um, a lot of our trends evolve. So we'll see some trends that happened in 2014 that will start evolving and moving more quickly and, and broadening within our environment in 2015. For example, these trends are um, copper and brass, where last year we saw a lot of copper and brass being used in interiors. People are now going to start using different types of metals. So from the warm tones and the cool tones, mixing copper and silver, you'll see this in jewelry and fashion as well. Um, so it really gives um, a, a different time, type of um, facet to design, fabrics, um, decor and fashion. Um, last year, we saw lots of neon pops of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015, what we'll see is um, something called neon, neon pastel, which are neon colors mixed with pastel hues that will also be seen in fabric as well as fashion and interiors. Um, 2015, we will see geometric products being printed. 3D printing is also taking the world by storm. People will, instead of having geometric prints on fabrics, will start be printing and start producing products that have an origami 3D style. So there are a lot For of... For what? You know, what sort of things Interiors, lighting, um, um, different types of vases, furniture. It really evolves from, from fabric prints and then starts evolving from different products mm. that are actually 3D can, that can be used within interiors. That's very interesting. But, but, but that sort of technology, is it, you know, readily available as we speak right now? Or is it something that, you know, is still at a very experimental level and uh, perhaps still entry level and not so easy to come by? I think globally it is readily available. There are a lot of testings that are happening at the moment. Um, at our exhibition last year, we actually had an exhibitor that had a 3D printer, which was very interesting. So it's definitely out there, but there is, it's still in the testing phases. Um, I think 2015 will we'll really get there with the 3D printing. Interesting. What does it cost? Uh, do you have any idea? 3D it is, printer it is, it's point. very expensive. I don't know the cost offhand, um, but it is very expensive. It's new technology, so... Mm, interesting. Um, and uh, on your side, Arthur, uh, you know, and of course, you know, social media, uh, yeah, it, it has just exploded. Well, let's start with 3D printing, perhaps, mm-hmm. because 
Uh, that's one of the trends I've been watching very closely. And uh, for the first time, we now, in fact, do have entry-level 3D printers in electronic stores in South Africa. In uh, fact, if I may mention a name, um, I walked into a Dion Wire the other day and for the first time saw a MakerBot printer. And MakerBot is the leading uh, brand internationally in making, let's call them consumer-friendly 3D printers. But the price isn't consumer-friendly yet. The price tag was 20,000 rand. <laughs> so this isn't entering the average person's gadget collection yet. But, of course, it starts at those kind of prices. And what I'm seeing here is almost like when you saw the very first um, uh, the, the, the first PCs that became accessible to individuals and the first laptops. The very first laptops were around those kind of prices. And now, of course, laptops cost a few thousand rand. So we can expect to see the uh, cost of 3D printers coming down rapidly over the next uh, couple of years. They right now are fairly gimmicky, but you can see the potential power of 3D uh, printing. It's, it's massive. The potential is huge in terms of people being able to print solid objects at home. And I'm, I'm aware, in fact, of a few architects who are using them to produce the actual um, designs in, you could call it, in uh, 3D living uh, color so people can see what their building is going to look like. Um, the medical specialists who are using them to create prosthetics, mm. in other words, artificial limbs and the like. So that's going to be very important in the future. And what we're seeing at the moment is really just uh, the beginning and the proof of concept. Mm. That's that's a big one. Um, the other big one in the next uh, year is going to be not so much wearable devices. Everyone talks about wearables. No one goes out to buy a wearable, but what they do uh, is go out to buy something that's going to enhance the lifestyle. So the category of wearable that's going to be really big is fitness devices. And part of the reason for that is that they cost so much less than the more high-profile wearables, which is the smartwatches. Smartwatches are ridiculously expensive, and I can't see that. What's the value in them anyway? The value is that you're going to have to put your phone out of your pocket to be able to uh, check notifications, emails, etc. They also tend to be activity monitors, but for a price of 4000 and upwards, people are going to skip those and rather buy what they call um, activity bands or fitness bands, which uh, just does the activity monitoring. So counting your steps, counting your distance, um, your heart, heart rate being monitored, etc. All of that feeding back onto the smartphone. And the fitness bands typically cost less than a thousand rand. So that's a category waiting to explode in this country. It's already taken off internationally. Um, the, the suggestion of, of um, a wearable technology or smart technology going into clothes, I think that's going to start happening, um, but not yet huge. It's only going to be fairly specialized, certainly in this country. It's not going to take off to the extent that fitness uh, devices will. And anything that monitors your activity and enhances your uh, lifestyle, that's where we have to look. Smartwatches at the moment don't enhance anything except the bank balances of the company selling them. And of course, this morning we're talking about trends and uh, we're reflecting and also trying to forecast, you know, what will be the uh, trends for 2015. And I'm just wondering, as we are having this conversation, how many people have to do a similar thing before it becomes a trend? You know, is, is uh, do you have specific you know, markers in place that says, okay, this is now a trend. Ben, how does it work? 
Well, I think what you know, purely at a at a marketing level, you know, it's really important that marketers understand where they're seeing shifts in consumer behaviour, and you know, that is typically led by data. Um, and one of the the sort of key things that came out of the Cannes um, Lions Festival of Advertising this year was um, uh, Jordan Bitterman, who described advertising uh, has reached its moneyball moment. Now, I don't know if anyone's seen the film, but it's about a, a struggling uh, baseball team with, with Brad Pitt as the coach. And he starts using crude Excel data to buy players, um, and he does it very cheaply because they don't have a budget. Um, but very effective use of data profiling starts buying the best players who are undervalued. Um, and obviously he builds the team that wins the league. And I think marketers um, need to start using data in, in, in that way um, to start becoming better data practitioners in, in terms of predicting, you know, how they're going to hit the proverbial home run. And I think one, one big brand that's done really well is Unilever. They've created something called allthingshair.com and uh, very much aimed at the, the female market. And they worked extensively with Google to look at hair trends through Google searches, the most popular terms, and they've built an entire portal on YouTube called allthingshair.com, which shows specific hair trends and how to you know, do, I don't know, a fishtail plait, for example. Um, and that has become incredibly popular because there's about a billion search um, terms around hair every single day. Um, and so they've certainly used those trends at a, at a beta stage um, to sell their product. Well, we're talking trends this morning. Our guest, uh, Sian Stain, uh, Cyan, I should say, Cyan Stain, uh, who is General Portfolio Manager at Decorex South Africa. We also have Ben Wagner, Head of Native VML, and uh, Arthur Goldstuck, who is the founder of Worldwide Works and Editor-in-Chief of Gadgets.co.za. And I love gadgets, and I'll come back to this because I want to hear from both uh, Ben as well as Arthur about some of the strangest gadgets, um, you know, that are on the market at the moment. But let's go to Fran, who's calling us um, from Joba. Good morning, Fran. Yes, hi. Um, I do like shopping online, but there are a few disadvantages. Um, I've seen a French documentary um, which showed that the quality, even in quality clothing, is not always quite the same uh, for what is sold online um, as what is sold in the stores. And when it comes to fresh food, there's also certain lines which are not available for purchase online, Um, especially when they are organic vegetables, for example. There's one very old, very well-established store in in Ilovo that, uh, for example, doesn't do this. And I've also found if you go to Amazon, um, sometimes if they are purchasing things from a third party, for example, if you want a pharmacy product and it's coming from a pharmacy and it's not actually, as far as I gather, being stocked by Amazon directly, you also can't order that sort of thing. So these are some of the little disadvantages of um, trying to shop online. Okay, thanks so much, Fran. Um, Saya? I think those disadvantages, um, there'll always be those kind of disadvantages in the world. Um, As we were discussing earlier, it's definitely, um, you know, consolidated and we'll see that more going forward. Um, If you look, for example, at one of the biggest um, uh, uh, fashion and decor online shops, 
um, they really try and use it as a platform to promote young designers, young fashion designers, ceramicists, um, decor and design product designers and I think that's really great especially in South Africa so that's one of the advantages whereas you would usually go to a mall and just go to your normal home wear or um, uh, fashion wear store this gives us an opportunity to get something that is by a designer that is um, economically friendly towards us we can buy it we can purchase it um, and it and it helps the, the culture in South Africa it promotes young designers and it gives them some kind of status within the South African market so as as much as you have highlighted some of the disadvantages, and I think because Amazon is a global brand and it is worldwide, there will be some disadvantages for us sitting in South Africa or sitting anywhere else in the world. But I think what we need to do is we need to look at the local markets of online shopping mm-hmm. and celebrate it because it really, it's, it's fantastic. And the local designers that they are promoting and the products that are attainable are phenomenal. Well, and uh, we'll continue taking your calls uh, just after the news break, 0891-104-208. And you can also get in touch with us via Twitter or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM. And uh, 34701 is our SMS line. There's a question here from uh, Tepiso Mokwena on Twitter, um, uh, Ben or uh, Arthur, either one of you. Uh, Tepiso wants to know, what is the purpose of a hashtag? A hashtag is a way of, of aggregating a specific topic. So if there's uh, something that's trending, so let's just use a, a popular one in Kandla, um, you know, if you just hashtag in Kandla and search through Twitter, you'd find all the commentary um, around that specific topic, and you can do that obviously on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. So it's an easy way of, of bookmarking a specific topic that's trending, um, and being able to search through that. And then if you obviously want to add your own comment, you can then add the hashtag and your own comment around that particular topic. And of course, what do you consider as trends? What questions do you have around trends for our guests this morning? Our lines are open. But just coming back, uh, Ben, to the gadgets that are currently available. Now, I like gadgets, even if it's just to have them. I sometimes not know what to do with them, but I, but I like having them. I like the idea of gadgets. So what are the more peculiar ones that are doing the rounds at the moment? Well, I'll go with the one that excites me the most, and that that's probably quite far into the future, and that's driverless cars. Um, you know, I can think of nothing better than having more time during my commute to do some work and, and not to have an awkward conversation, um, you know, with a stranger, um, and rather have it with the, you know, a, a steering wheel that drives itself. Um, I know that Google <laughs> has pushed the envelope, you know, in, in, in a big way um, in driverless cars, and um, my understanding is that they've got um, a vehicle that is already, you know, driving all over the, the Google campus. So mm. that, for me, is, is the gadget that I'd absolutely love. You can imagine, you know, That's an expensive gadget. <laughs> I, I had something more affordable in, uh, in mind, something that I could buy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, on a smaller scale, uh, what is around? Well, I think, I think the Oculus Rift, um, the, the company that uh, Facebook bought, um, in, in terms of the, the, the sort of virtual reality play that they're making is, is something that is going to be looking at being shipped out this year. So, um, And I think the price point will come down a lot as well. So Oculus Rift is a, a really interesting set of goggles that basically gives you an augmented virtual reality environment, um, specifically around gaming. Um, and I think that's, that's a gadget that's, that's certainly accessible now. Price point's still quite high. Um, but I think that's a gadget 
that that will um, become incredibly popular, especially with the gaming set. But, uh, of course, uh, taking your calls on 0891-104-208 and uh, speaking this morning to Arthur Goldstack, Ben Wagner and Cyan Stain. And we're talking about trends. So talk to us. Tell us what are your thoughts. Odiz on the uh, online shopping issue says, um, it was with great disappointment that I learned that the uh, Matatiel Pick and Pay did not offer online shopping services. And I guess this is part of the problem, Cyan, that, you know, it's, it's slowly, slowly, and for the most part, these things will start and they will take off in the major metropoles first. Yes, definitely, just from a logistical point of view, and I think we need to be cognizant of that. Um, one thing about the online shopping is that, uh, as we said, you know, there are going to be hiccups. It's something new. Um, courier, delivery in South Africa, there are issues with that. Post office, there are issues with that. So we need to look at it as a whole and say, you know, we've done well in South Africa. Mm. We've got some great stores online. They are you know, consolidating, they are growing and it is something that we need to keep our eye on and celebrate in South Africa. But the thing about, you know, uh, trend spotting and, you know, keeping uh, abreast of trends and all of that, looking at, um, you know, your field, for example, decor, and isn't it expensive to, you know, keep abreast and stay in touch to change things all the time as the trends move? I think that's one thing that we really do stick to within Decorex. Um, we really do need to keep up with the trends. It's something that's extremely important to us. Within our exhibition, we do our own features, installations, designer bars, restaurants, and we ensure that we execute those trends, obviously with our own style and flair. Mm. But that is something extremely important within the design fraternity, whether it's fashion, beauty, decor, interior design, architecture, as much as it can be expensive to keep abreast of everything and to stay ahead of your competitors it's one thing that has to be done um it's it's exciting it's important to business it's important for bottom line in any business to keep ahead of the trends um but the internet is amazing for you to be able to just go online and google pinterest has been phenomenal Mm, i love pinterest it's lovely i mean it is you know whether you're planning a wedding whether you're planning an event whether you just an outfit absolutely it's something that um is very inexpensive you've got your smartphone you can go onto pinterest on your smartphone on your tablet on your laptop So the internet is phenomenal and it's helped us a great deal within forecasting trends, looking at trends and how to execute those trends in our own way. Mm. And Sepisa is asking, uh, you know, do you have any tips on uh, cost saving with regard to uh, the trends? You know, you want to keep up, but at the same time, you actually want to keep your costs to a minimum. Absolutely. The one thing that I truly believe in is just painting an accent wall, taking some paint, slapping it on one wall in your room, and it will just uplift your entire room. Buying small accessories such as scatter cushions or even just new covers for scatter cushions. And each season you could have an entire new look. Candles that match the scatter cushions, that match the feature wall. There really is a lot that can be done. One trend that's been huge for the last couple of years is handmade and people doing things themselves, DIY. Mm. So looking at trends and seeing how can I execute those trends and how can I do it. And going to your local hardware, going to your lo- local decor store, buying the, the things that you need and actually executing it yourself. And I think that's hu- going to be huge in 2015 too. Mm. And uh, just going back to the lines, Prof. OJ and Mahikeng, good morning. Sagila, good morning. And how are you? Compliments. Likewise. Welcome to the show. Yes, yes, yes. I'm saved by the blood of God, Jesus Christ. Sagila, there is a scripture here which uh, always strikes my mind when a topic like this one is on the table. It is in the book of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 4. 
it says, and I have sought to advertise thee, saying, buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people, and thou will redeem it, redeem it. But if thou will not redeem it, tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it uh, beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I'll redeem it. Now, here I'm seeing uh, 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 something saying, uh, people on the ground are finding it very difficult to understand the advertising and marketing trends because they they, they, they change from time to time and they are not uh, trustworthy in, in, in most cases. Now, my question to my uh, uh, beautiful panel there is, uh, how, what, what, what should the, the country do or people do to encourage... Uh, participation of people in remote areas to become participants in in, in the circulation of wealth through uh, understanding the ups and downs of marketing, advertising, and being able to have the eye that is able to see ahead so that the trend you built or established should not be short-lived, but it should uh, uh, last Okay. Thank you. I think, I think they have understood my question. I am sure they did. Thanks, uh, Prof. OJ. And um, let me ask uh, Arthur to respond to that. I would say from a, a gadget and technology point of view, that's exactly where the smartphone is going to play a massive role in the future. And particularly when you look at the deep penetration of Facebook and WhatsApp, Right now, WhatsApp doesn't allow advertising. I suspect in the future there will be versions that do where you'll get a free version where you accept advertising and you'll pay if you don't want to see advertising. So when you consider that around 12 million South Africans are already on Facebook and of those, probably around 10 million are using it on their phones, that's going to be a very powerful medium to reach smartphone users when they go onto uh, social networks. Same with Twitter although it's about half the size of Facebook in this country, it will keep growing. But uh, WhatsApp, I think, is one to watch, and WeChat is also one to watch. That's the uh, Chinese social network that's part owned by Nasdaq to Tencent, mm-hmm. the Chinese company that owns um, uh, WeChat. And uh, that is growing incredibly uh, fast in South Africa. It allows all kinds of, not just advertising, but also transactions and other forms of communication. So... It's going to be accessible to anyone who has a smartphone. And as I mentioned earlier, the smartphone um, take-up is accelerating to the extent that in the course of this year, more than half of South African cell phone users will be smartphone users. So I really think that's going to be the advertising uh, medium of the future. But is there anything uh, whereby we as South Africans are actually trendsetters at this point as opposed to following and importing from elsewhere, Arthur? We certainly have been trendsetters in a few areas and particularly with the uh, use of mobile devices to leapfrog the high cost of uh, communication. So, for example, Mixit was an early player in this country before Facebook was big. Even in the United States, Mixit was massive here. It was one of the pioneering uh, social networks. And precisely because it made the cost of communication so much uh, cheaper, it um, replaced SMS completely in some communities, particularly amongst uh, teenagers and school kids. And it still has a a big user base, uh, around 4.5 million users in this country. 
and to a large extent are using it instead of um, SMS. So although it's being, you could almost say, uh, replaced, not quite replaced, but supplanted by the likes of uh, Facebook and WhatsApp and uh, WeChat, it still plays a big role. And we will continue to see across Africa the use of mobile devices to overcome the uh, gaps that we have in uh, communication technology, in um, banking services, etc. For example, mobile payments or mobile money transfer took off in Kenya in a big way through M-Pesa mm. because there wasn't really a formal banking environment for the majority of people. The reason it hasn't worked in South Africa, or not to the extent that it has in Kenya, is because we actually do have a fairly well-developed uh, banking infrastructure. But the, the other developments that you'll see in the use of um, mobile devices for uh, payments and for money transfer and the like, that will continue to set the trend. And I'm not, not just talking about South Africa here, but the whole of Africa. It will continue to set the trend in, um, Ben, I think you used the term earlier, mobile first. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Toby Shapshak, gave a presentation at the International TED uh, Conference where he spoke about um, Africa being a, a mobile-first con- um, continent as well and the extent to which that drives innovation um, across the um, needs of individuals rather than focusing on the very latest uh, gadgetry. So I think we'll continue to see that happening in um, Africa and South Africa. Just looking at the SMS line, this one says, who was the wise man who predicted that there would be no market for personal computers? He must be doing somersaults in his grave. And here's an interesting question from Richard here in Joburg. Richard wants to know what specific areas of new technology should software development companies invest in uh, so as to be relevant in the near future, Ben? I think for me it's the the massive uh, data aggregate aggregation job that needs to be done. You know, with the whole wearable buzz happening and, and wearable technology and as um, you know, uh, Arthur mentioned around uh, personal health monitoring and, and things like that, I think what's going to become very interesting and is and also the cloud, com- is the whole cloud element and data being stored in the cloud is the aggregation. So if you've got a smart fridge, a smart TV, a smart watch, a smart everything, um, there's a whole lot of points that are going to become potential data issues um, around those those points not potentially talking to one another. So that driverless car that I spoke about, you know, you can imagine that that doesn't communicate properly. Mm-hmm. Um, with your fridge, for example, um, that could be an issue. So I think my my <laughs> sort of advice would be to look at these, these this, this whole era of of data connectivity and the connection points between those elements. We're talking trends. You know, what were the big trends for 2014 and what will be big in 2015? And uh, we have a panel of guests. 891 is the number to dial if you have any questions about this. Here's one from uh, Samuel Mohwesi on Twitter. Samuel wants to know, is Instagram only for celebrities? Now, maybe Arthur, maybe you want to answer and I'll hear from... Cyan is laughing. I'll get her response as well. Um, I can I tell you from a statistical point of view, our social media landscape report that we released a couple of months ago, in fact, showed that Instagram is one of the fastest growing social networks in the country. It went up from something like um, 6.5 million or 6.8 million users in 2013 to around 1.2 million users 
by the end of last year. So that tells you immediately that it's uh, not only uh, celebrities and the like. In fact, the most powerful use of Instagram is by photographers, and the most followed Instagram users in this country are uh, photographers. So Instagram is a platform for sharing uh, images, essentially. So the guys who do the best images are the ones who are getting the best following. What's happened now is that it's almost uh, degenerated into a, a gallery for people's selfies. And that's the, the worst mm. use of Instagram. Mm. It's where it's used as a showcase for uh, great images that it's at its most powerful. And uh, that tends not to go hand in hand with being famous or a celebrity. Uh, the latter is where you see the poorer side of Instagram. So if you really want to see the, the value of Instagram, uh, search on uh, photographers. Yeah, so and Zayan, so, so, your take on that, and also the selfie phenomenon, because th- that is something that I still don't understand. Honestly, I, I don't get the need to take a selfie. Well, I must say, a couple of weeks ago, we were all at our Christmas party, and one of the ladies that work with us actually had a selfie stick. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the that's the latest craze, yes. Um, and I think um, I love the selfie stick. I think it's fantastic because you're actually starting to to produce great photographs. And I think Instagram is people are almost becoming an instant photographer. You've got all these different hues. You've got all these different applications that can make these photographs really beautiful. So you wandering around the world, you've got fantastic, um, you know, even at a decor design exhibition like mm-hmm. we produce, to be able to take those beautiful images and have them on Instagram and for people to follow them and comment and understand what's going on in the world and not just this flat, ordinary photo. It's great and it's definitely not for celebrities. But I think the whole photographer and becoming an instant photographer is definitely something to look at um, and follow the photographers. Follow all the travel um, the travel Instagrammers. Those are also fantastic. It gives you a great um, sense of worldly understanding of what there is in the world and seeing these beautiful images. Mm, but of course, there's always someone who's trying to profit from all of this, someone who's trying to make money, Ben. You know, how do you best utilize, um, you know, all of these elements that you have? have at your disposal and try and make some money off it? Well, look, I think at a marketing level, you've, you, again, you've got to understand what is your consumer base using in terms of social media, in terms of what platforms are they on, um, and you've got to leverage that and, and, and flip that so that you're driving feet in store or you're driving you know, um, more, more adoption, more engagement, more sharing of that content. Um, so if it is amazing content that you're incentivizing, um, to within your community, then absolutely you need to pick the right horse really um, and you need to make sure that that drives return in terms of footfall into your stores or uptake of your services or traffic into your e-commerce environment. Um, it cannot just be a vanity exercise. I think we've seen um, a lot of marketers burn their fingers with trying multiple platforms, even things like Pinterest, very low base in this country, mm. predominantly female orientated. Um, so if that's not within the sweet spot of your market, I wouldn't touch it. Um, so you really have to be careful and, and craft a, a proper path um, to your consumer and, and not just go shotgun.
And I uh, just want to turn uh, matters to politics slightly. Uh, someone saying, uh, why are you not talking about the Red Berets? And taking your calls on 891 SMS is to 34701. Or you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or my personal account at Sakina Kamwendo. Now, Arthur, the Red Berets and the Red Overalls in politics. And um, yesterday, interestingly enough, someone posted a picture on Twitter of the um, yellow uh, overalls that are now taking effect from uh, the ANC. So um, politics-wise, what are the trends there? It's really hard to say what the politicians are going to, are going to do next, but I'm sure we're going to see uh, Sol Ramaphosa uh, pushing harder for uh, cementing his status as the next uh, state president or the next president of South Africa, should I say. And we'll, we'll probably see continued criticism of uh, Jacob Zuma for not being more visible and more active as the president um, of the country. I think we already saw the beginnings of that uh, last year, almost the beginnings of a transfer of not necessarily power, but of uh, influence and authority. I think we'll see uh, the DA continue trying to be the relevant uh, opposition as as long as um, Helen Zilla can Let's, let's say, uh, house train herself as far as social media is concerned. She tends to uh, be a, a bit of a loose cannon. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's probably intentionally. I think she wants to uh, make an impact and have people watch what she's going to say next. Uh, Julius Malema does the same thing in the physical world. He wants to be sure he is number one on people's radar in terms of uh, politician watching. There's no one more watchable than the EFF when they're in uh, full flight and full flight can be flight into parliament or out of parliament so I think it's, it's it'll, be, it'll continue to be a lot of what we saw uh, last year I think there's going to be a lot of uh, jockeying for position leading up the next uh, municipal um, elections and I think ultimately all eyes are on the next um, uh, general elections and who the next president will be so I think everything that we're seeing at the moment is shaping up towards the um, uh, run-in to uh, the election of, of uh, the next president. We, we pretty much have a lame duck president at the moment. We're not going to see him needing to prove himself in any way because he's not going to be available for re-election. And um, Ben, I'd love to hear your view on that as well. And just uh, add here Chris, uh, Chris's... Uh tweet, Chris says, most worrying trend is dodging responsibility. Everything is someone else's fault except mine. Worrying really. Ben? Mm. I think it's a very good point. Um, and for me, what, what was astounding last year was to see the, the rise of purpose, um, specifically within marketing. And I think that absolutely applies to politics as well. So marketers, as well as political parties, need to have purpose. Um, and we've seen in this country that the ANC has lost its purpose. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see from a social media point of view whether that sentiment extends itself into actually voting um, at the polls um, in 2016. But uh, it's been remarkable to see the brand individual, so individuals um, such as George Prokos who took on Celsi, um, there's Nico Nimant who took on F&B and created his own website, rottenbank.co.za. For me, it'll be interesting to see whether that actually extends um, into the political arena and whether that commentary will become as pronounced 
around service delivery or lack of service delivery um, and whether consumers, either as individuals or as a collective, um, can actually rally together um, and take on you know, some of the, the, the failing you know, government parasitals that we've got. That, for me, will be interesting. So all around the power of brand individual um, and the need for purpose um, within politics. And uh, we have to wrap it up now. And Cyan, your parting shot, what should we be looking out for? What do you predict will be the biggest trend? I think the, individual, the individualism is everything. People are really looking into themselves. Um, decorators, designers, fashion designers, um, they, they're starting to talk to the individual. And instead of dictating sweeping trends across the nation, they're actually speaking to the individual. What is your style? What do you like in your home? What would you like to keep in your home? And everything is about the individual. How we wear our clothes even. We, we bring in different accessories. Um, we mix and match. And we've got our own individual style. And I think that's very very important to hold on to that. We as South Africans have a fantastic culture. We have wonderful influences around us. Some influences obviously are quite negative, but we rise above it. And I think it's very important to keep our individualism. And from a trend spotting point of view, it's very important. It's a form of preparation. And I think for any business and any any element of our life, preparation equals success. So keep a tab on what's happening around you. Look around your social environment, politics, economics, what are your competitors doing, and just stay abreast of it. Google things, look on the internet and see what kind of trends you can pick up on because this preparation will lead to your success. Arthur? I would say that uh, anything from Apple and Samsung is uh, going to be big this year, but watch LG and Sony as well. They're going to be the big contenders in the same uh, category. And then um, some of the up-and-coming uh, brands in, in the smartphone environment, Huawei, uh, some people call them Who Are We, but I never know how to say that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They will be the big big dark horse, the big up and coming contender uh, in this environment. Lenovo as well, Lenovo having uh, bought Motorola, I think this year we'll see them bring uh, Motorola phones back into South Africa. But their own tablets are going to be be, the contenders um, as well. Watch Acer for their tablets as well. Also, want Compete with all those uh, other guys and Asus, some people call Asus. I think they also want to relaunch in a big way in South Africa this year. In terms of categories, drones, the uh, little uh, smartphone controlled or remote controlled little uh, helicopters, quadricopters, little aircrafts, robots that fly. But more Isn't that scary though, that Arthur? It, it is scary, especially the fact that um, the, the, the better ones of these now come equipped with video cameras or you can fit video cameras sure. to them. So the potential for uh, invasion of privacy is massive. But it's also there's also tremendous deposits of uses of these, like the aerial uh, surveys of uh, buildings, crops, and so on. But the best use of drones in the States right now is, is surveying um, farmland, crops, and geological uh, features using these uh, devices and getting massive amounts of data uh, coming through and being able to analyze and plan. And in Africa, that's going to be important for... Um, food planning, uh, uh, for example. And then finally, uh, two, two categories that are going to start taking off this year are the smart home, the connected home, and the connected car. Uh, we spoke earlier about the, ben spoke about the driverless car, but uh, the connected car is going to be the trend that all new consumers will be able to start seeing. Uh, there's already quite a few models where connectivity is an important part mm. of the car, but that's going to become a standard in our vehicles. 
in the next uh, couple of years. And then electric vehicles are going to take off as well. Uh, Nissan's Leaf is already uh, in South Africa, and then BMW are bringing their electric car into the country this year. So you'll start seeing charge points appear across the country because both of those will use compatible uh, chargers. So you will Really? Charge, we uh, need to talk more about BMW this. At the same <laughs> charging point. I think that's very exciting. And it's still very high and very expensive. But once people start seeing it, they'll start aspiring to it. Wow. And uh, Ben, uh, very quickly from your side. I think for me, there's some interesting IPO activity happening this year. I see Uber um, and Airbnb are both um, filing IPOs. So the whole rental or sharing economy, um, it'll be interesting to see how that translates um, at a South African level and whether there are any you know, copycat activity. But I think for me, you know, as both of the other speakers have highlighted, the trends are happening so fast is that brands need to remain in almost a beta state um, so that they can move at the, at the speed of culture, that they can move at the point of relevance. Because um, there are so many things happening is that brands cannot remain these stagnant, big corporate animals. They've got to be far more agile and they've got to be able to move um, you know, at the speed of culture. So I think that would be mm. my, my sort of overall comment. And I suppose that goes for all of us, brands, media brands, all of us, uh, you know, who are in this space and beyond, we'll all have to heed that advice. To our panel this morning, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Cyan Stain, General Manager, um, General Portfolio Manager at Decorex South Africa, uh, Ben Wagner, who is the head of Native VML, and also to Arthur Goldstack, who is the founder of Worldwide Works and editor-in-chief of Gadget.co.za.